Hi everyone, I'm Jocelyn and I am grateful you're here. You're listening to the Starting with Gratitude podcast. This is a safe space intended to host meaningful conversations exploring all topics of the human experience. Every conversation starts with gratitude and remains rooted in gratitude. After you listen, make sure to join the community by subscribing and sharing. I am so happy you have joined us. Hey, yo. Hey, what's up? How is your spirit right now? My spirit is pretty good. I honestly feel pretty light. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Before we dive into our conversation, I just want to, again, thank you for showing up for this conversation and also express just how much of an honor I feel to even (laughs) be having this conversation with you because you are genuinely like one of the best writers and stop it (laughs) and it's just yeah it's an honor to just have this conversation with you and I'm excited to share this conversation with everyone who gets to listen to it so thank you well you know we we go way back I feel like we've been tight for a couple years now so when you hit me about it, it's just, it's like hearing from a friend. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite things to do, especially during like the last 24 months, is catching up with people. Like yeah. I, I love calling my friends and just seeing how they are and reconnecting. Reconnecting. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, before we started recording, I had mentioned how the last time I saw you was Rolling Loud 2019. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the last big festival I was at yeah. with that many people. And it's just, it's just crazy how much the world is different since the last time I saw you. So crazy. How much the world is different. Do you feel like your world is different? Your personal world? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, a transformative year. I think. I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Same, same. And we are, going to touch on that but before we do so i'm gonna ask you to Uh share your expression of gratitude with us so again like i told you this is real simple uh you told me to write down what i'm grateful for Mm -hmm. so the first thing i thought was i'm just grateful to wake up like just starting a day every day is something i want to acknowledge as a blessing The second thing I wrote down was family. I think family for me is important, especially after last year. Like I can't, I can't count the amount of people that I know that went through COVID and just being aware of how quickly you can lose people so close to you. I think they make you appreciate them even more. So for me, like I'm just grateful to have my family Mm-hmm. Number three, friends. And when I say friends, I mean almost every person I encounter, I feel like the connection you have with someone is 
it's not like anything you can really describe. Because yeah. family, obviously, you're close, cuss of blood. But when you just meet people and you're able to have a connection, it's just nothing like it. So if I met you a year ago or 11 years ago or 15 years ago or just over the Internet, I feel grateful for every interaction with every person. Mm. Um, grateful for God. I don't I don't believe I'm here because man made me. Mm. I wish it was that simple. But when I look outside, I I see something man couldn't make. Like we wish we could, we wish we could make these trees and yeah. create this world that we live in. That's the ideal goal is to be a creator. But I believe something happened to put us all here. And I appreciate the high power. Mm. I am, I'm grateful for words. I think as a writer, you have to appreciate language. You have to appreciate the alphabet. And the ability to to read and write is just something that I wouldn't be having this conversation with you if I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful for that. Uh, music. I have to be grateful for music. Yeah. Again, that's another reason why this conversation is even happening. Yeah. So uh, for my life to be what it is, I got to have music. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I wrote down is the Internet. Yeah. I'm grateful for the Internet. Not every day. Some days I look at it and I'm just like, I wish it wasn't what it is. But again, I feel like the internet changed my life drastically. And I, I can't imagine life without it. Well, that was a very poetic expression of gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> um, amen to all of that. And I feel like I can share the same gratitude as you when it comes to everything, friends, mm. family, just waking up. And mm. I think that when we're able to have gratitude for something as simple as just waking up, something mm -hmm. as simple as just like, I can breathe, you know, I can like my lungs are sustaining breath for me without me right. even trying you know like that is so effortless yeah right mm -hmm. and words yes music see it's all the little things i try and pay attention to those tiny details mm -hmm. um, um they keep you grounded in appreciation yeah. i think very very much so yeah. Would you say that you're a spiritual person? I would say more now yeah. than ever before. How so? Oh, well, I grew up in the church and I say that very loosely. Mm -hmm. Like my parents took us to church, but of my uh, mother and father's three kids, I was a sleeper. I couldn't stay awake. I don't know why. I'm not, I wasn't a very much of a morning person as a kid and church was early. So I would sleep through sermons. It was so bad that my father would make us recite a lesson we learned after every church service mm. just to see if you were paying attention. Yeah. So that was 
<laughs> that was my experience in the church. So I can't say that that was like some like big groundbreaking uh, change to me. But as I got older, I think I just started to recognize just energy. Mm -hmm. I started to recognize how there's no such thing as coincidences. Mm -hmm. So you started to pick up on little things. I think as a writer and especially working in the journalism space, you get used to connecting dots. Mm -hmm. You spend enough time connecting other people's dots. You connect your own dots Mm -hmm. and they just don't look coincidental. Yeah. Uh, And I think that just draws you to be a little bit more spiritual. And then after COVID, I bought my first Bible, started reading that a little bit more, mm-hmm. started just having, I, f- I feel would say like more spiritual conversations, yeah. even, even at times where I wouldn't expect to have spiritual conversations, mm-hmm. they would just pop up and I don't know, I just started to feel very connected. I would say. Yeah. And at times I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. But I just feel, I feel very connected. You mentioning how, you know, you connect dots and you're really connecting the dots for yourself. Like for those that are listening and, and are trying to really understand that, could you give us like an example of what you mean by that? I think that, when I, even when I think about being a writer, sometimes it's such a such an odd thing because I didn't grow up wanting to be a writer. Mm. It wasn't something that I saw after. Yeah, when I think about what was the easiest thing to do in school it was like essays, just writing essays, writing stories, and feeling comfortable with words. That was just, it felt effortless in a way that math wasn't effortless Mm -hmm. or the way that history wasn't effortless. So, uh, and then just being a reader, I think. I was in the books very early on. I was drawn to stories. So you, you get older and you start to pick up on the fact that you go from reading stories to telling stories. Mm -hmm. And those, uh, those stories that you read early on, they they come back up in just really funny ways. Like I was I was one of those Harry Potter kids growing up. I was like really into Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And I just remember this this moment when I was on a plane sitting next to this lady and she told me that she was a witch. And mm-hmm. I just I don't know why I thought it was funny. Like I it was just the oddest thing. We were having a conversation about the Mighty Ducks. And we were just like really vibing about being, you know, kids that grew up during like this like Nickelodeon time. Mm-hmm. And she just like says that to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like as a kid, I would have, I would have like tripped out if I met a witch, just yeah. thinking about Harry and Harmony and Ron. And now I'm on this plane with this lady. And the funniest thing about that particular story is. I I gave her my number mm-hmm. and she never like texted me mm-hmm. at all. Like we had this really great conversation flying in from Miami to Atlanta. We both missed our flights 
Um, we both had layovers. And I just thought it was the oddest thing that I just met this woman. Of all the people I've met, I've never met a witch before. And she just never hit me up. And I lost my ID that day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I could board the plane without an ID. Like I had to have my ID when I got on the plane. I get off the plane and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like I have no ID. And when I was in Miami, I bought two books. One was called Nobody Knows My Name by James Baldwin. And another one was by uh, Amari Baraka. And Amari Baraka changed his name from Leroy, Leroy Jones. So I just thought it was interesting that when I leave this plane, I don't have an ID. I felt like I was a nameless person. Mm. And it's just like those like little moments where you just find intersections between your life and books or your life and other authors. And yeah, that's what I always feel like I'm always doing. I'm always seeing these like intersections between where I am and who I am and what I'm reading or what I'm listening to. It's always constant constant connection yeah and it seems like I mean you made that connection that what you're doing now is very much so in tune with your inner child yeah very much very much like I think if I met my younger self they would get a kick out of like where I'm at right now yeah like they would have never they wouldn't have saw it coming but they would have been excited to know all those little notebooks written with stories mm-hmm. turned into articles, turned into an actual book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I always feel like it starts where you, where you're a kid at, you know, yeah. Yeah. like who you are as a child is the person probably you hope you grow into. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anyone who doesn't want to make their little eight-year-old self proud. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm very much in tune with my with my inner kid. And I'm, you know, obviously I think COVID was a period where you're trying to grow up more. Mm. You're trying to like hit that next stage of adulthood. But I think I'm so attached to those ideas I had growing up because they were fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that in that aspect if anything COVID almost had an opposite effect for me really of like not not necessarily not wanting to adult more but more so just kind of wanting to get back in tune with I think exactly this like my inner child things that I mean Mm -hmm. I started this podcast you know like something I've been wanting to do for a minute and the the conversationalist in me, the writer in me that existed Mm -hmm. growing up is like very happy about that. And I feel like COVID and through the course of the past year had that effect on me of like aligning me to a lot of these things that brought me joy as a kid. I love that. Yeah. Huh. I feel it. I really do. I mean, I I did probably the most amount of reading I've done since being a kid during COVID. 
um, bought all the books I wanted to buy. And because that was like my big thing as a kid. I was a reader. I always had a book probably from like second grade until like eighth grade. I was just avid reader. Mm-hmm. And um, getting back to that was so refreshing. Yeah. What book really impacted you as a kid or when you were younger? Uh, if you can recall. I don't know if there was a specific one. Like I said, I always liked the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. Um, magic. I was in the magic. I thought it was something unique about uh, that world. Like that world behind your world mm-hmm. was always a very cool concept to me. I wouldn't say there was a particular one, though. I think I just enjoyed the world building of novels. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good question, though. I'm trying to see if there was any particular book that I was like, this is mine. I, I feel like after high school and right right before I really got into writing, I started reading again. You know, that's when I started to get into the the Fitzgeralds, the um like the Baldwin. Started just like to get into like the literary guys. Mm-hmm. And that was more like the second, the second childhood, I would say. Mm-hmm. Where now like I'm really, really tapped in into what books are affecting me and the language that's affecting me. Mm-hmm. I think as a kid, I was just into the world. I wanted to it's like more explorative. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just about the writing, but it was just like the escapism of literature. Like literature, it was like TV, obviously, but far more expansive. And that's what I've always been into is being like a world builder. I love my favorite albums are all worldly albums. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like literature is where that interest really took hold very early on. Mm-hmm. And then then came the love for words. So, yeah, I think the worlds were first and then the words. Hmm. That's beautiful. What are you reading right now? Everything. I got like way too many books. If you looked at like my uh, dresser, it's full. Um, I'm reading this autobiography on John Coltrane mm-hmm. that I'm really into. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really good. Uh, Hemingway short stories I've been going through uh, the last couple of months. Dave Hickey's uh, Pirates and Farmers. It's a collection of essays. I go back to it constantly. Hmm. Um, Why is that? I like Dave's writing. I like Dave's writing. I think Dave has a funny point of view. Because he's like an art critic who just outlaw, big outlaw. And his his piece, Pirates and Farmers, I don't know. It was really influential to me a couple of years ago when I first read it. And he separated people as pirates and farmers. And he, he said, you know, a pirate can't be a farmer and a farmer can't be a pirate. Obviously, a, a farmer is a little bit more organized and their lives are a little bit more structured, more of a conventional person. I wouldn't say like nine to five, but like, you have a straight path that you want to walk. And I think it's beautiful to think about a farmer, how like you grow your crops and you grow your foods and you really have your lifestyles built on what you're able to, to grow. And 
that kind of a control takes a lot of concentration and discipline versus a pirate who sets sail and they're just looking for adventure and they're outlaws and the lifestyle is so much more about living in the moment versus like thinking about the big picture of tending crops and, you know, like having that, that structure. And I've always felt more like a pirate. I always felt like I wanted to uh, adventure and not be rooted in one place too long, which was the crazy part about COVID. It was just like, you're stuck. Yeah. Um, at least I felt stuck. I know some people did not feel that way. Some people were just really outlaws mm-hmm. and they really went on the move. Yeah. But uh, I think it was good to be stuck for a while. Because mm. that allows you to see what was beneath you. For sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like reading, reading day was always really influential to me. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just reading. I'm reading everything. I'm just... If it's a book, I'm reading it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you if you felt more like a pirate or a farmer. So I'm glad that you told us that you feel more like you're a pirate. Man, I want to be a farmer so bad. Like, I wish. I wish I could be. Like, I wish I could just turn it all in, turn in my peg leg, forget the eye patch, and just, like, settle down. (laughs) But I'm so... I'm so interested in just freedom you know Mm. like there's something so fun about setting sail and not really knowing the destination because if you think about the ocean right the ocean is unpredictable like you're in an unpredictable terrain you're essentially somewhere like beneath you you don't know how the waves are going to be you don't know how the wind's going to blow you don't know when it's going to rain or hurricane or you know there's sharks everything is just a little more dangerous yeah when you're on the water yeah but I'd rather be on the water than on the land yeah it's very vulnerable extremely (laughs) you know like you have to kind of you got to give you got to give room for God Mm -hmm. when you're on the water yeah you got to give room for God when you're on the land as well but on the water, I think it's this constant sense of what's keeping you afloat. Mm-hmm. And I also think when you think about like the vastness of the ocean, how uncharted it is, that makes you really wonder like, <laughs> how did the ocean get here? You yeah. know, again, man didn't make the ocean. If we did, we would know every corner, every crevice of it mm-hmm. because we don't. The fact that that is still unknown we have unknown territories in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, how can how can you not believe in something more? Exactly, exactly. That's exactly how I feel too. And that's one reason why I honestly spend so much time in nature. And over the course mm-hmm. of the past year, I started getting back to doing that more because mm-hmm. that's where I have all these kinds of, revelations you know where I remember like just how grand life is and Mm -hmm. I don't know it's like this duality of realizing how small you are and insignificant Mm -hmm. certain things are but also Mm -hmm. just how vast everything is at the same time I don't know 
but yeah, that's why I spend a lot of time in nature. Um, but what would you um, say that you came to the realization over the course of the past year? Um, so many. I think, I think a lot of people, if not everybody, learned more about themselves mm-hmm. in various ways. Just spending so much time with yourself. And again, even if you weren't treating COVID, the pandemic, as this like hyper serious thing, you had to spend more time with yourself. Like no matter what you did, because the places where you were able to gather weren't as accessible. I think that was a very interesting thing. I was just talking to a friend about how normal it was for us to just go to a bar. I don't know if I was ever cognizant of the simplicity of that, mm-hmm. of just sending a text message like, hey, meet me here. Mm-hmm. And just being able to like walk out the house without worry. Uh, losing that and losing just the connection with others in that way, I feel just brought me a little bit closer to myself and all the beautiful and all the ugly ways where you have to kind of like deal with yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think on one end, I felt that over the last year, it's just like you ran into yourself. I don't know if that makes sense, but there's something about like a full circle moment that you just experience where you're just like, oh, here I am. So I had that here I am revelation and that really inspired me to decide where I wanted to go you know like once you realize where you are like where you are in the world where you are in yourself where you are in just every way then you decide where you're going and how you're going to get there so that was like a really big thing for me it's just coming to that realization because I don't think I had that time before yeah. Uh, writing's pretty demanding, I think, for me. Mm-hmm. I don't do it as fast as I probably need to sometimes. Mm-hmm. So because the writing process is slower, I spend more time just sitting in stories versus sitting in myself. Mm-hmm. So I got more time to sit in myself. And then like one of the realizations was like, oh, wait, this like you really became a writer. <laughs> that was one of the things where I wanted it. And then it happened. Yeah. And I don't know if I was aware of it at first. But then you realize like how your life changes, Mm -hmm. how your life completely changes based on a desire. Mm -hmm. Like no one told me to be a writer. No one sat me down and was like, you're going to have to do this. Like I made a choice and that choice took me so far. Yeah. And then I had to choose where else I was going. Yeah. So that was, that was a lot. Yeah. That was both very enlightening and frightening, I have to say. Yeah. That's why the stillness is so important, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're able to run into yourself, Uh you know? (laughs) You have to. And I love that you worded it in that way because it did feel like that, you know, like confrontational in that way, but also just like 
think because it was so unexpected, it was almost like running into yourself and like, oh, hey, you know, like I didn't expect to run into you, you know, in this way. Yes, absolutely. Um, And again, like that's the thing about running into yourself. You don't really plan it. Yeah. You just happen to just like, it's a bump. Mm. It's a very, very uh, physical bump. You feel it. You definitely feel it. But I, I think I appreciate the stillness for that very reason too. Because if I didn't have it, I don't know when I would run into myself. Yeah. And if we just, we needed to meet, you know? Do you think that if we're running into ourselves in that way, we were lost prior to that? Yeah, kind of. Um, maybe loss isn't the word, but the direction was different. Yeah. Like the direction you were going in, it might have been like a straight path. But then, you know, those uh, those intersections where it's just like a circle mm-hmm. and you wrap back around. It was, that's what happened. Like COVID became a circle. Yeah. And uh, that's why you bumped into yourself. Yeah. Because there was just no way to avoid coming back around. You feel like moving forward, you want to prioritize stillness more? Yes. Wow. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I need to. It's funny because like I feel like the motion again, just because things are things are moving and I need to be stiller. During COVID, probably like my best routine was like daily meditation and praying every morning. Hmm. And I fell off. And I started back again today. Today was my first day getting back to it. Mm. And I was like, okay, we have to, we got to do this every morning. Because I prefer the stillness. I prefer the stillness of meditation. Um, it's one of those things where sometimes I don't do it because I forget the value in it. Mm-hmm. Because there's no like immediate Oh, it's like, okay, like when you when you take a shot of alcohol, like you feel it, you feel the warmth in your stomach, you feel like the intoxication. When you think about meditating, you might not think about like how it's going to make you feel better when you when you aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. But the moment you do it and you come out of it, you're just like, I need to do this every day. Yeah. Like I need to do this consistently. Yeah. So uh, that was my reminder to be still um, and to prioritize stillness. Sometimes I think you can get so wrapped up in, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. I'm very much like, I get anxious about my to-do list. Mm-hmm. And now I want to get, I want to like unravel that a little bit. Yeah. And just think like, I got a dry erase board where I had to write, there will be time. So to remind myself that, like, why are you rushing? Like, mm-hmm. there will be time. Yeah. If you if you're moving so fast because you're worried about running out of time, like you got to stop doing that. Yeah. You know, things sometimes they're late and sometimes they are um, not perfect. But I prefer trusting that there will be time and 
moving at a pace where I can prioritize stillness mm-hmm. than to forget to be still at all. That's going back to like just nature. It's like yeah. when I think of that, it's like nature is not in a hurry, you know? And if, if, you know, nature is divine and if nature is not in a hurry, then what is divine is not in a rush. Absolutely. You know? So I, I remind myself that too, because I think that, you know, it's natural for us to want to fall back into like being in a hurry and feeling like we have to catch up in a sense or feeling like if we're not in a hurry, we're going to miss out. Uh But for myself, like, I don't, I don't want to necessarily have that running into myself feeling as much. I want to Mm -hmm. like make sure that I'm running alongside myself consistently and doing so by prioritizing things like meditation, prioritizing stillness, Mm -hmm. things, prioritizing Mm -hmm. anything that requires you to sit with yourself, confront yourself. Mm -hmm. One thing that I was and I'm excited to ask you because I'm genuinely curious is as a writer like do you journal like do you write your own personal self-reflections like are are you a writer in that way I wasn't until I want to say sometime in the last like six months I just got this itch to buy notebooks and pens like I just got this itch and I was started scribbling in them, but I didn't commit to it. And then like something snapped last week. But like I've been writing every day. And like sometimes it's just like a little quote. Sometimes it's a thought. Sometimes it's just like my to-do list. Like I have to write everything down now. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I really don't know what happened. It was just like the itch was there and I felt better putting things down on paper for whatever reason. Um, and journaling, even when it came to writing down uh, my gratitudes, like I put them in the journal and cause I wanted to keep them, you know, like I wanted to make sure that I can like look back at it. That's another thing too, about just like having these pages and pages and pages of writing It's different than like having a Google doc where you have to open your computer and you just have like all these lists of files. Like I like the touch of pages. I like to see the ink. I, I like the physicality of journaling. Mm-hmm. So that, that physical nature has been really cool probably over the last week. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to stick to it. I've written in way more pages than I thought I was going to write in. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna have to pick up a couple new ones soon, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been dope. It's been really cool. Yeah. And I recommend it. It's just it's freeing in a really cool way. Yeah. Have you had any self-realizations in that process? Mm, my penmanship could be better. Yeah. I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, like, I mean, that's a that could be a valid self-realization. Because <laughs> if uh, you're someone who genuinely 
<laughs> appreciates feeling, you know, the physicality of those things, you would be someone who would appreciate having good penmanship. Yeah, no, I really do. For whatever reason, I want to have great penmanship. I admire people who can write very neat. Um, but as far as like realizations, I would say everything's valuable. Like everything. Uh, sometimes I'll find things I've written in September mm-hmm. will bring April full circle. Mm. Like it can't, I came to this realization very recently that, that everything is valuable. Every interaction, every word, every thought, everything. Because like it comes from it comes from somewhere, right? Like it's, it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. You might not know why it's there now, but look back on it and see what, and see what it means to you in like a couple of months mm-hmm. or a couple of weeks. Could be a couple of days, but, and it really, it really stemmed from this, this party I went to. I went to this party and I never met these people before. But they were cool. Everyone was cool. I was just hanging out. And they had a pool outside. And this lady, uh, like the madam of the house, she came out. She just started talking to me. And she was like, let me tell you something you need to know. Hmm. She was like, you need to be like water. And I was just like, why? She was like, you'll know. And I just didn't, I had no clue why. And like, she was like by the pool and she kept like running her hand through the water. She's like, you see how the water moves? This is how you need to be. I don't know why this lady. Oh my goodness, that's deep. (laughs) Like, yo, out of nowhere, man. She was like, she's like, I've been watching you since you came in. And I was like, like, I hope that's okay. Like, I hope I didn't do anything. She was like, no, no, you've been fine. She was like, you spoke to everyone. You were personable. She was like, you're great. But- you need to remember, be like water. So that was like in September. So on New Year's Eve, a friend of mine from high school texted me uh-huh. a quote that I sent him when we graduated uh-huh. that said, be like water. Oh, wow. And I, I, I asked him why he sent it to me. He was like, I don't know. She said, I thought you needed to know this. So I said all that to say, whenever I'm like feeling like affected by things or I'm feeling out of my element, I write down, be like water, you know? Cause I think it's just like the, the meaningfulness of it. Like if I just didn't have those interactions, and I just, I couldn't forget them. Like I couldn't separate myself from them. And at the time, like I said, at the time, they just, I didn't get them. Mm-hmm. But like, I really have to be like water sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I really do. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm always in situations where I have to just like, uh, like transform into like the surroundings, you know, like how water can just bend into the cup and how water is always unaffected. How like water just doesn't, it doesn't break. It just, 
it just it just exists it just moves and water can take any shape or form mm-hmm. so no matter the situations you're in you got to be able to take shape and take form So, yeah, like that's just something that I noticed very early on. And I I can tell you a hundred stories like that where something can happen. And this is relevance to my life or to a story or to anything. It comes full circle. Yeah. I think that a lot of us have those experiences. And I Mm -hmm. think, I think you, you have to be present for them though, you know? And I think that it's probably the writer in you um, that is able to receive these things and these experiences because you're an observant person. But I think that so many people, unfortunately miss out on these like divine moments that occur in our lives because we brush them off or we're not open to, I guess, the mindfulness of like how something that we experience now could come full circle later. See, and I mean, honestly, that's one of my favorite things about talking to artists or creative people because I feel like 85% of the stories I hear are like full circle stories or these divine stories. And when I start pointing out the things that make them divine, the people are always a little bit more surprised. It's like, oh, I never thought about it like that. And I'm like, how could you not? Yeah. Like, it's, it's very clear how these things happen, you yeah. know, or, or why you got here from there. It's very clear to me, but... Not everyone sees it. And I've just learned that not everyone takes the time to look in the mirror, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, in, in, and see what's, like, reflecting at you. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's, like, obviously we have our reflection, but sometimes you forget what to look for, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you got to know what you, you got to know what you're looking for. And if you know what you're looking for, you're going to connect dots. You just, it's very simple, I think. Yeah. I don't know if this is, I don't know how this question might hit you. It just kind of came to my brain. But what would you say is reflecting you right now? What's your reflection in this moment? Oh, man. Uh, For me right now, Um, I feel like what's reflecting me right now, man, that's a good question. So much. Um, it's funny because I guess it's because I'm like in the midst of, of starting this uh, company with my friend Holland. Uh, we started this company, Rap Portraits, about a year ago. And... I, we have this series called Viewfinder, right? Mm-hmm. I just Viewfinder. subscribed. I was, hey. <laughs> I just subscribed and I'm really, I, 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 I was browsing the, the site trying to find the stories 
Yeah. But I like that y'all like have it. I think from what I interpret it exclusively in the subscription. Well, if you if you go to the site and you click the viewfinder page or you click the viewfinder tab, you'll see the stories. You just oh, have to okay. click it. Um, they were, they were like specifically for the newsletter, but we decided to open them up a little bit and kind of just archive everything for everyone. And it was just, it's it's still very new. We're, we're four weeks into it. And when we started it, the idea we were thinking was to just, just have a space to, to share stories, essentially. And we have this series called First Placements, where we talk to producers, they tell us their first placement story, and then we retell the story in first person. So for me, a journalist that I look to, who I'm just like very fascinated by is Cameron Crowe. He's an old school rock and roll journalist from like the 70s and 80s. And he also wrote the movie Almost Famous. So Almost Famous has been a pretty big movie for me because I didn't see it before becoming a music journalist. And my first editor told me, he was like, yo, you need to watch this movie. Because it's like, it's a little bit like your life right now. And I watched it and I just like, I loved it like immediately. And I always looked at Cameron going from journalism, like interviewing guys like David Bowie, to making a movie like Almost Famous about the experience. And I just read how he, something told me last night, like look up the reason why he wrote Almost Famous. So I looked it up and the origin story is he got hit up to write a story about his first concert, but he had to write it in first person. He wrote the piece. It was supposed to be 800 words. He turned in 3000 words. And the editor was like, yo, we can't run this. He was like, that's fine. I think it's a movie. Mm. And for whatever reason, just the fact that for that particular story, he had to write it in the first person and that we're doing this first person stories for the producers. I always just felt like camera's my reflection. Mm. Like I want rap portraits to be my almost famous. Mm. You know, like I... That's that's like the trajectory I see for myself. Like I look at what he did and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I'm shooting for. Mm-hmm. Like the way he was able to write a movie about just like the intricacies of that time to be like a rock journalist. And when I look at the stories we're trying to tell with rap portraits and through the viewfinder, we're, we're trying to show like the almost famous stories. Yeah. So yeah, I, I see Cameron. As my reflection. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. It's 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 a it's a fresh thought for real. Yeah. Um, but like I've always I've always look at what people are doing or what people have done. And even with someone like F. Scott Fitzgerald and him having his first book, This Side of Paradise. And he just wanted to be a writer. That's all he wanted to be. All he wanted to do was be a writer and marry this girl. Mm-hmm. And he went back to his parents' house. He sat down and he wrote this book. 
And he just knew this book was going to be the book to change his life. And he did. He wrote the book. He got the money. He married the girl. And I always think about that story as in when you want to change your life, it's all about deciding Mm. to sit down and write the book. Yeah. So when I think about stillness, I think about Fitzgerald writing that book. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that. (laughs) This is what I do all day. This is what I do all day. Yeah. That's, this is why I just, I love just having conversations with people. And I think, you know, something that I think about, you know, for especially someone like you who, you know, spends so much time doing this, I feel like interviewers and conversationalists, writers have such interesting minds because we take on so many different perspectives, you know? You absorb so much. Yeah. I I agree. I I started really doing interviews. When I quit my first real job, I had to work at a gas station for like a month. Mm-hmm. Hated it. Mm-hmm. So when I quit that job, I was like, I'm going to be a music blogger. And I had a site that let me just interview artists. And I just interviewed everybody I could. Like, if you had a song out, I was going to talk to you. And I started to just, like, absorb so much information. So even when I went to DJ Booth and started to do, like, more, like, bigger sites and stuff, I always try and make sure I'm talking to creative people, no matter what I'm doing. Like, I have to talk to artists of any medium because I feel like you just absorb so much life from, from anyone really, but specifically like creative people, because I think just the way their minds works, it's just different. They're on a whole other plane. And I think I get closer to where they are just being in conversation. Mm-hmm. Would you so, yeah. say that all, would you say that all creatives are pirates? Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not a pirate, you're denying it. Like you're, you're running away from it and you're not supposed to run. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, people who you're a pirate, like you just are, no matter how much you try and change, like it just comes out in so many different ways. And I know so many different kinds of pirates. Like I know the kindest pirates, pirates that wouldn't steal your gold, I know pirates that you couldn't leave your wallet around. I know pirates that if they could, they would build pirate ships for everybody and sail it with everyone. Like you just meet so many different kinds of creative people. And then in contrast, you meet so many different kinds of farmers. But usually the farmers I meet, even if they work adjacent to creative people, if they don't create, you can tell. Like they're like they're they're different in in structure, they're different in thought, they're different in just the way they they build their world, which is why I think it's so important to be in conversation with pirates and farmers. Because even if you can't be a farmer, you can learn to farm. You can learn Mm -hmm. to pick up on so many different skills. And also 
a lot of what I'm able to do is because of farmers. Like farmers have assisted me in getting interviews and, and setting up like different stories. So many things happen because I'm able to be in conjunction with the pirates and the farmers. So I, I love yeah. existing in contrast between the two. Mm-hmm. The dualities mm-hmm. that exist everywhere, you and know. I thought, I thought it was like the the Gemini in me that was always trying to see duality, but it just exists. You can't get away from it. Like the the fact that we have night and day, I think, is a clear distinction that yeah. we are two sides of a coin, and everything. There's two sides of a coin, mm-hmm. and everything. The yin and the yang is real, in every aspect. And even the concept of like opposites attract is very real. Like I think like the the magnetism of opposites are always like being pulled toward each other. So mm-hmm. you can always find it. You can always find it. Again, that's why like pirates and farmers, you have to coexist. There's no way around it. Yeah. Yeah. Your pinned tweet uh, is <laughs> that sometimes you have to tear it all apart and start mm-hmm. over. What inspired that? Man, I want to say it's a Neil Gaiman interview. I want to say Neil Gaiman said that. I have to find it. Um, are you familiar with Neil Gaiman? I'm not. Gaiman is... I feel like I should be. Yeah, right? it's funny because <laughs> I wasn't. He's extremely famous. He's like rock star famous but he he exists in the literary world he's another uh music journalist turn author film uh script writer i think he's even directed a couple of things you probably know the show like american gods mm-hmm. he, uh, showtime he wrote that book he also has this really really famous comic series called sandman and uh yeah yeah okay okay Jamin's, he's huge um, I just got, I really got into gaming because his transition from journalism to comic book writing was so bizarre to me. And yeah. I was just really into comics over the quarantine just because another storytelling medium. And I wasn't, I wasn't a big comic head growing up. I didn't like American comic books. It just wasn't my thing. But I really yeah. got into him. I really got into Sandman. And there's this interview where he says that that's like a line that he referenced. And I was like, oh yeah, that's it. Like, that's it. Like, that's, that's it. And my pen tweets are always like those kind of thoughts, like the kind of thoughts that even if someone else said it, I want to see it so much where like, like it's my thought now. Mm. Like I've said it so much to myself that like, oh yeah, like I have to believe it now. And I believe it so much because like, it's true. You know, yeah. sometimes I think we look at quotes and because someone else said it, we feel like they don't belong to us, but like, oh, that's like mine now. Like, I, like I need that from you, bro. Yeah. Um, just because it's so real. Like it was so such a visceral thought for where I was at the time, where I'm still am now. Like I was probably if not a few weeks, like a month after I left DJ Booth. So it was just coming to the realization, like starting over, like tearing everything down. 
And I love the idea of like Rome falling, mm-hmm. like the idea that Rome could fall, like how empires fall, but like what happens next, you know? It's yeah. not necessarily the fall that you have to be attached to if you rebuild, yeah. you know? So I spent a lot of time thinking about bricks, thinking about building and construction. And, you know, when you start over, you start with nothing, you know, like, but like how beautiful is nothingness sometimes? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a blank canvas. It's a white page. It's space, you know, it's Mm -hmm. an empty ocean. Yeah. Yeah. I I try to remind myself that it's okay to start over. It's okay to start from nothing. Yeah. I think what you have to remember is what do you want to build? Yeah. What are you trying to build? Mm -hmm. Because if you, you can turn a brick into a castle. Mm -hmm. Very easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, why why stop at a house? Like, if you you envision that castle, you don't stop until you see the ceiling. That's the way I see it. Yeah. You stack until you see that ceiling. It really is all about perspective you know Absolutely. it really really is and and there's so much power in that because your life can change just by you changing your perspective and immediately you can see a blank a blank canvas or starting over as you having nothing mm-hmm. or you having so much opportunity you having so much freedom to work with so much possibility you know absolutely and it's funny um I got like a tarot card reading after I quit like a friend recommended was like yo you should get like a reading and I remember the the woman told me she was like don't worry about money because the the seeds you've planted are going to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, <laughs> to kind of leave your job to hear that, to not worry about money is a, is a reassuring thought. But I, I see more and more what that meant. Because the thing that I've been extremely blessed with is consistent opportunity from just like different people I've met, different relationships I've made, just like, just things on top of things that I wouldn't say that I went drastically out my way to make happen. Like just things just kind of like fell into place and they're still falling into place. Mm -hmm. And I pray they continue to fall into place, but I couldn't, I probably didn't see that when I, when I first, you know, stepped away, you know, like I really felt like I had like nothing, you know, Um, especially just like not having anything like immediately lined up afterwards and still trying to kind of decide in what direction you want to go. Everything was very new at the time. Everything was very new. And you got to go through like all the emotions in a pandemic without like 
that stability. So, you know, I had some rough days, weeks, um, and you had some great days and you had some great weeks. But like I kept being reminded how I was those seeds that were planted for the four or five year time span that I was, you know, at DJ booth, like the relationships with you. Like I've met so many people and I've established so many lifelong friendships that some said that's just that's, that can sustain you. There's like a Dave Hickey quote too about how your relationships can take you further than money, mm. you know, or like how you make people feel may matter more than what you can give them, like in the long run. Yeah. I try to remember that all the time. Like the value isn't always monetary, but in the relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, Honestly, I think that once we start living, which is the day that we're born, I don't think truly starting over is really a thing. No. Like, even when you feel like you're starting over, it's like, look at all the experience that you're starting with at this point, you know? Something that really stuck to me to this day is something that you said at A3C in 2018. 2018. Uh I think you said something like how as long as you are receiving opportunities that you couldn't get before, as long as like you are experiencing things that you couldn't necessarily experience prior Mm -hmm. to that. Like you're progressing, like you're Mm -hmm. on the right path because you're growing, you're, you're attaining things that you couldn't before that. I don't know that like always just stuck with me. Even some if you couldn't drive and now you're able to license and drive a car by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like that's growth. Not only is that growth, I think it shows how, like something as tiny as learning to operate a vehicle. Now, like you're free. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to my next door neighbor when he got his car. He was like, "This is freedom," mm-hmm. and he made me rethink about my relationship with my car because I'm sitting here just taking it granted because I've driven so much. But now it's like, okay, well maybe the thing is to drive to California or something. Like do something that you haven't done before to just make it more exciting. Same thing with writing. You know, if you write so many op-eds and maybe the thing to do is like interview your favorite artists, just like to have that excitement. Yeah. And it hasn't, it hasn't been published yet, but I got my first cover story back in February. And even just doing the interview with the artist, like I've never, I never had an interview with someone I feel like of that stature mm-hmm. and I've kind of interviewed, you know, I've interviewed legends, I've interviewed up and comers, but like where this artist is in their career, it was, Oh, this is different. And everything about that uh, process was different. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm so glad I said yes to it. Cause at first I was like, nah, I don't know if I can do this. 
And I end up just being like, okay, let's, let's just fucking do it. And I was so glad I said yes to it. Yeah. And that's been something I've been wanting to say no to things just because I say yes way too much. Yeah. But I say yes because it's like I always get offered something I've never done before. Yeah. It's like, how am I supposed to say no to this? And it doesn't even have to be anything like magnificent or large. Like sometimes it's just interviewing someone I haven't interviewed before or going to grab drinks with someone I haven't seen or uh, writing a bio for someone that I never thought I'd write a bio. Like I just, I get calls and I want to say no so bad because mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm stacked to the ceiling. I can't add any more. But then I find just enough room to be like, I'll do it. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, you know, not every experience is like perfect. Not every experience is something where I look back on it and be like, I'm glad I said yes, but I'm usually glad I went through with it because mm-hmm. I learned something. I walk away from every experience just like a little bit more enlightened. Yeah. And I just think if I stop saying yes, I'm afraid that I'll stop growing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same about saying yes to things that, that I've never experienced before, just because of the curiosity that, and I guess that's where they, that's why they say curiosity killed the cat, you know, because you're always like, absolutely. (laughs) It makes so much sense now. Like it, (laughs) you don't stop moving. You don't, you're always just intrigued. But I think curiosity is, it's part about being a, a, a pirate. Yeah. Like, Farmers don't really have to be curious. Like they are able to establish what their life is and they're able to exist within that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, pirate, man, there's something shiny. You got to go get it. Yeah. You just can't say no. Yeah. Um, I do want to touch on something that you said because I've been thinking a lot about this. I was on a walk and I seen this caterpillar like hanging in the street on a string that I couldn't see, like it was translucent. And I didn't know what he was hanging on. He was just like swinging. And I'm just looking at it. I'm just thinking like, where are you going? Like, what are you, what are you about to do? <laughs> and I just keep thinking that he's going to go into a cocoon one day. Mm. And like, he's going to come out with wings. And even though he's been here, on this planet just hanging around like that moment when he comes out and he flies for the first time like that's a new experience yeah that he wouldn't have gotten if it wasn't for the stillness of the cocoon mm-hmm. and I always think about just the transformation of the caterpillar I don't know why I'm always just so fascinated by the fact that like that process is so bizarre to me yeah like you you're completely whole. You're a whole thing already. And there's a process for you to become larger, for you to become more colorful, for you to kind of like live a new existence. So much so that you change your name. Like you're such a new thing 
that you can't even be referred to what you were before. Mm-hmm. And I think that brand of transformation is just so fascinating. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, that's honestly why I just love nature so much because we can learn so much just from observing it. Mm-hmm. You oh, know? Ev- everything. Is- like, for me recently, it's been trees. I've just had this fascination with trees lately a lot. Um, and I feel like I've just, I continue to gain new perspectives from them and yeah I just yeah I I I love it no likewise um trees are first off they're old and they they're old and they're quiet you know Mm -hmm. like just the fact that they like exist in such simplicity and yet they're so large and they're so powerful and they live so long. Yeah. And I, sometimes I just try to remind myself, like, be a tree. Yeah. Like, set your roots, be sturdy, like, be strong. And just, like, just be. Because one thing about trees, like, they just going to be, they'll just be there. No matter what's going on yeah. outside, storms, snow, fall, summer, whatever, like, a tree is sturdy. Yeah. Something that I really quickly thought about um, in regards to trees, one of the many metaphors that I thought of is like, what's the fastest growing plant that you can think of? I don't know. They're weeds, right? They grow really fast. Yeah. Okay. And what's the, the slowest growing I would think that they're trees. The trees. I could be wrong, but I would think that they're trees. And huh. trees are the tallest. Uh huh. They grow very slow. Uh huh. And they're, again, I could be wrong, but I would guess that their roots are the deepest. So it's like, if you observe plants and trees, it's like, what kind of plant do you want to be? And if you want to be a tree, then you have to accept that you have to go slow. Right? You have to be deeply rooted in something. If you want to be really tall, if you want to have longevity, I mean, granted, you know, Unfortunately, we, us humans will come and deforest things, but in nature, you know, so that's one of one thing that I've thought of is just like. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I think even if you have to go be, you know, chopped down or like all the things that take us down a tree like it has to be mighty. Like the gust of wind is not gonna blow down a tree, you know. Like you have to chop a tree down. Uh-huh. Like you, lightning has to strike and knock a tree down. Like a hurricane has to come through and lift the tree up. The things that harm trees, a forest fire, like 
you have to be burnt down. Like that's what I think is so important. Um, especially like in the times that we live in now, we sort of need even thicker skin than ever, for real. Um, to to one to just like live in your own truth. I think right now we live in a time where you're constantly gonna be told who you are, what you can do, who you can be. Mm. So for you to just decide to be yourself and all of yourself, like that's a choice that you might not be able to make without having some kind of pushback, without having some type of like confrontation. And I think you have to be prepared to fight for that. Mm -hmm. So trees are like a great example of when you like what you want to grow into, especially as a creative, I think we all want to be trees. Yeah. Like I want to last. I don't, I don't want to be weeds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be weeds. I don't want to be a bush. Yeah. Like I want to, like I want to plant something that is going to grow. Um, and there's this quote by Ken Casey that I love where he talks about how we're supposed to be uh, gardens that plant mystery and evoke mystery. Hmm. You know, you want to be surprising. You don't want to be something that's like easily to figure out. And I think about it all the time, like to plant seeds of mystery and watch them grow into something that, that people want to watch grow versus like you look at it and you're like, oh, I know what this is. Like, I don't want you to know what this is. I want you to be interested in what it's becoming. Mm. You know, you might know it's a tree, but like, I want you to think like, what kind of tree will this be? Will it be like a, a Christmas tree? Will it be an oak tree? Will it be a, is it going to hold pears? You know, like, mm. I want you to watch it grow. Mm. That way, the more it grows, the more you're just invested. Yeah. And how beautiful if we saw our own lives in that way. We should. Yeah. We should, especially knowing that every day you get a chance. You know, like, I think that's one thing that COVID really taught me. Obviously, like, we always knew tomorrow wasn't promised. Mm -hmm. But the, the comfort of tomorrow isn't promised. So I think it's best to try and just... <laughs> Like live as as beautiful as you can, and and grow as tall as you can, and and be sturdy. Mm-hmm. You know, just be sturdy in your life. Yeah, so beautiful. <laughs> I feel like I, I don't feel like I I could talk to you all yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> like just hang out forever. Truly, the homie. Um, but the last question that I want to ask you to bring this full circle bring it around <laughs> is what do you feel like you're currently overcoming? Uh, mostly myself. Hmm. I always felt like I was my biggest obstacle. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know why that is. But I think I'm, I'm just an overthinker. Like, I think that's part of being a writer or being a creative. It's all up here. Mm-hmm. At the same place where you're 
best ideas are is where the doubt comes from. It's in the same place. Like, how is that even fair? It's not like your left hand and your right hand. Like, they exist in the same place. So you're always trying to pull one out and leave the other one there. And I don't know. I I won't say that, like, I have a great deal of doubt, but I am an avid second guesser. Mm. Like, I'll sit here and second guess the hell out of something just because I got to Like, I, I really have to trust it. I think that's one thing about when you decide to be a creative, which uh, a lot of us do decide we make that choice. Mm. There's no like blueprint for it. There's no one that has etched out the path for you. So you don't have anything to follow. You're literally creating this thing day by day. And you have to like, man, you got to go through it. You got to go through some shit to get through, to get to where you want to go. So that's, that's, that's my thing. I think I'm my biggest obstacle right now. I don't think anything can hold me back but myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can stop me but me. I don't think I have anything to fear but myself. Like, I, like only, I can, only I can stop this. Yeah. And if I, uh, if I know that, then nothing can stop me. I don't have an obstacle. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah. And that's all very true. It's all very true. And the power that we use to create comes from the same place where there's also power to distract. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to be so mindful because our the soil that we have up here is so fertile, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why I share the same passion of having conversations with creatives too, because it's just a whole other world up here, you know? And it's so vast. Like you said, like it's so fertile and... You're like, you're not beholden to one form or medium. Like, you literally can be like that caterpillar, you know, hanging on a string one day and flying the next Mm. just because of what's up here. Like, there's literally nothing else. And like, I learned, I learned very early on that my ideas, and not just my ideas, but just ideas in general, like when you trust them, you don't know where they're going to go. Mm. You have no clue what they're going to turn into. Like they can, they can turn into money. They can turn into relationships. They can turn into families. Like just the simplest idea can turn everything around. And that's why like I try to constantly like trust them. That's why like I'm writing so much down now. Like I want to remember my thoughts. I don't want to feel like I have anything that's like lingering around that I can't use, like it's all valuable. Mm-hmm. It's like mining gold. Mm-hmm. Like I know up here is gold. Mm-hmm. I just have to make sure I'm being patient enough 
to mine it and and appraise its value. Mm. But it's all mine. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> well, I really appreciate this oh, thank you. conversation. It's a great combo. I didn't I don't get a chance to talk about all these things all the time. So yeah. It was very uh very enlightening. Very enlightening to share all this with you. Likewise. I don't think I said anything too crazy. No, you didn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just thank you so much. Um, like course. I said, I can yes. I can continue talking to you and, and dive so deep into all of this. Yeah. But I'm really excited for people to listen to this. And likewise, I look forward to reading your cover story. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm excited about it. I It was supposed to be out the first week of April. And uh, the editor told me that because of, you know, COVID, things got pushed back. So I was like, oh, okay. And it's just so funny because I did the story back in February. And just kind of like waiting for it to come out. Now, I'm excited about the day, right? Like, I'm so big on days lately. Like when when things happen, I don't know why. Like this is my last one. I won't talk your ear off, but <laughs> you know, I pay so much attention to the calendar now mm. because it could just you never know. You just never know when something's gonna happen. Because mm. I remember our first rap portrait, we shot it. We shot it in January, and I didn't know at the time, but it was like on Martin Luther King Day, and then we put it out on Mother's Day. And it's just like, that wasn't the intention, but it's like, it just lined up to be on Mother's Day. And now I'm looking at this cover story. It was supposed to be out in April and I, I don't know when it's going to come out. It might come out on my birthday. Like, who knows? But <laughs> I don't know. I have this, I have this feeling that whatever day it comes out on, it's going to be a significant day. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I love I love waiting on things now. I used to be a little bit more impatient, mm. but now like like divine timing is so real. That's what I was gonna say. Like I yeah. feel like you've become more patient because you know it's gonna happen when it's meant to happen. Yes. Yeah. And maybe you might not even recognize why it was meant to happen. But I will tell you this one more thing. Where where the cover story was done at. Like a month later, Holland and I, we were shooting a rap portrait and we end up right back there. And I've never been there before. So to be there a second time, like it was just so bizarre. And I, I couldn't have predicted it. And even just shooting the story that day, I remember telling him there was something that I couldn't fit in the cover story that's now in the rap portrait. And I just like, I mean, I like, I just love the, the very odd continuity of these things. Yeah. Like, again, I don't believe in coincidences mm -hmm. and I, I know all things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, everything is full circle. Like mm -hmm. life comes all the way back around. Mm -hmm. Well, that is a beautiful way to actually bring this full circle is leaving it at that exactly. and i hope that 
if if people gain anything from this conversation it's it's that things align just as they're meant to and if we allow ourselves to be like water if we allow ourselves to be fluid and be still then we'll see it you'll see it 100% and it, it just might not be time yet but again, like that's why you sort of have to trust. You gotta trust that everything's always working in your favor. And that the the time is always in your favor as well. Like you're never out of favor. Even when you think so. That's what I also realized during COVID. It's like even when I think I'm not in favor, I'm always in favor. Mm-hmm. Everything's always working in my favor. Yeah. So you just gotta trust, man. Faith. Faith is such a funny word because you can't touch it. It's not physical, but keep a little bit, right? They say like the faith of a mustard seed. Yeah. Something that tiny. You don't need a lot, but just enough of it. I'm telling you, move a mountain. I mean, all you need is a seed. That's really? it. That's all you need is a seed. We're just planting seeds. But like, again, seeds, trees, like everything starts as a seed mm-hmm. so that's what like i don't know life is so life is fun like it's just like a, like this whole thing is just a very fun game yeah that i just love playing like you really got to enjoy playing that's mm-hmm. why like every day i wake up i know i'm back on the board mm. so, let's play